Hi, I'm Caroline. And I'm Megan. And this is The Songwriter Diaries. A podcast by songwriters for songwriters. Hello. hello. (laughs) (laughs) We are so excited to have Anna Voss on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yes. So can you just start by introducing yourself and sharing how you got your start in the music industry? Yeah. So my name is Anna. I grew up in San Diego, California. And love it. <laughs> the best. Um, the best. And I grew up just like around music. So when I was growing up, my dad was a children's country artist. Um, and he went by the name Buck Howdy. And it was very like hee haw esque. Like his songs were like s'mores. And my favorite kind of bugs are dead was the name of like very like camp, honestly. <laughs> very trendy. Um But yeah, so I was around that. And then my mom was a videographer. So I just was like in this world of like, when you're bored, you're not going to go play a video game, like go write a song or like go like film a little movie and edit it in Final Cut Pro or whatever. Um, And I had a lot of feelings as a middle schooler. So I didn't really know what to do other than like channel that into creating things and especially writing songs. And when I got to, um, you know, starting to think about like, college and in the future I was like well how do I do this and go to college like my my family wants me to go to college but also like do songwriting and and my artistry um and I found Belmont University in Nashville and went there and I got to literally my major was songwriting um so Mm -hmm. I studied that and then my junior year I um I won this like Miranda Lambert scholarship at Belmont which was a really big deal for me. Oh my gosh. And then signed a publishing deal pretty shortly after that and kind of just got thrown into like what the music industry is to me now. Um, If you ask my 11 year old self, I probably would have said I've always been in the music industry because I was like, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to be great. But now I feel like, okay, like I'm I'm in it a little more uh, now. So So are you still with the same publisher that you signed with? your junior year I was with them for about five years so for a long time and then um I just about a year ago signed with Big Machine Publishing so that's kind of new but it's it's been incredible wow gotcha and how did you balance being signed with a publisher and school like were they pretty flexible with that at Belmont because obviously they want you to succeed and get signed yeah so I what was nice is that I had got gotten like most of my general education classes out of the way early in my college career Mm -hmm. um and then by the time I was a starting my senior year and starting with this publishing deal I was in like all songwriting classes so my professors were like do what you have to do like show up to class and do the assignments like you haven't graduated um but they were very understanding if I had a really important right or something like that that um uh, was like okay you can skip this class where we write songs to go and write a song <laughs> uh, my the only class that I had that was a gen ed was um biology and uh. I had a bunch of freshmen because it was like you know entry-level class I just didn't take it my freshman year I'm not sure why and oh my gosh it was like almost the death of me like we were making like <laughs> pipe cleaner like 
nucleuses. And I was like, what am I doing with my life right now? But, you know, we passed the class. It's crazy. Thank God. The classes they make you take. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. when am I ever going to use this? I had to take an anthropology class where we looked at a it was a cool class. I'm not going to lie. But we had to look at a bunch of old skulls and like models of skulls of, you know, past versions of the, the human skeleton and like uh, all this stuff and identify them. And I'm like, this is such a niche thing to know yeah. that I am never going to need knowledge for. Okay. Like, totally. I have determined because I've thought a lot about this, actually, like that the college classes that we have to take, I had to take one that was spirituality of world religions um and we had to go to a different um house of worship every week for class so like one day we were in a buddhist temple and one day we were in a presbyterian church and one day we were meditating like with this like tuesday night like hinduism like it was just like dive right in and i was like okay maybe this isn't about the exams it's so much more about like the experience i'm getting like yeah pushing through i'm not super interested but like oh my gosh, my reality is not my own reality. Like everyone's reality, I guess, that I thought. So mm-hmm. that's what I've determined with college classes. I'm like, it's about, I think, world experience in like, I'm not meant to do math, Yeah. But now I know I'm not meant to do math. <laughs> Being signed to Big Machine, what does your day-to-day songwriting routine look like? So pretty much most of my writes start at 11. So I... um wake up in the morning (laughs) I like usually will have coffee and I on my very best days I will get some exercise in and do some journaling because I feel like it really helps me in the writer's room Mm -hmm. um and then being an artist also that time early in the morning is usually spent like sending emails or working on content and then 11 a.m hits and I look at my google calendar and I share it with my publishers and they've put in like here's who you're writing with here's where you're writing here's like you know um some targets to write for or like a little bit about the writer so it just depends on the day and then i'll go into either a studio or a publishing house and write a song with two to three writers um usually like put a vocal on a track at the end of the day and i'm home most days by like four or five like it's pretty quick which is crazy um yeah. I was writing the other day with someone and we were laughing about like how like short the hours are as a songwriter, but you come home and you're like, oh, I'm exhausted. It's like you sat in a room and talked about your feelings for like four hours. How are you exhausted? Yes. It's like you wouldn't understand. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that's literally so exhausting. <laughs> yeah. It's like kind of being in therapy for like four hours. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, totally. That's yeah. Cool day. And then like usually I'll try and go out to like different events and stuff and just support friends who are playing writers rounds or um I don't know, drink a beer at Red Door is always a vibe on a Wednesday night sometimes. So <laughs> And so when you go into a co-write, do you know who you're writing for? Like do you have an idea of the artist you're writing for is the artist in the room or is it you're gonna pitch the song to another artist it depends on the day um i like in general i feel like the music row community knows like here's who's going into the studio this week like here's what luke combs is recording or what what kind of songs he's looking for 
Um, here's the day that he goes in with this producer. Um, but I would say it's 50, 50 of like going in with other songwriters and just writing a song and then hopefully it getting pitched to Luke Combs, Keith, who's to say, um, and then the yeah. other half is being in the room with an artist and trying to write for their project, whether they're like, I'm going into the studio two weeks from now, or they're just like. I don't really know what the plan is right now. I just want to write a bunch of songs and and get some really good ones. Yeah. And are you ever that artist in the room? Like when you go to co-writes, are you ever like, I want to write for my artist project? Or do you prefer writing for your artist project solo? Um, I go in seasons, I feel like. I have times where Mm -hmm. I go in and I'm like, I just need help. Like I can get into a rut like with anything that we do. Like where I pick up my guitar and I go to play the same chord and I go to sing like the same words and it's sad. And I'm like, okay, I need like just a sounding board and like other people's creativity to help me tell my story. Um, so yeah, sometimes I'm that person. And then other times I'm just like in a, in a groove, I guess, of really knowing like what I want to say, what I'm feeling like, what I think musically would translate with the direction of my project. And it just goes back and forth between those two. So how do you approach editing a song? Like once it's kind of reached its creation form? Yeah. I'm not the biggest editor of songs and I have friends (laughs) that are, um, and I could probably, it probably would be like good for me if I was. Um, But when I do, I think I just have to like accept that like I'm in the space of like throwing paint at the wall and knowing that like nothing I change has to be a permanent change. Like I can always like go back in and fix it if it doesn't feel right. I get very hung up on like the first version of something like same with demos. Like I'll go to record a song that I have a demo of and I'm like, but I love this part in the demo. And my producers are like, cool uh I mean we can beat it and I'm like but did we beat it it's like I missed the like I just get really used to stuff um but yeah so Mm. I do it delicately I would say (laughs) (laughs) yeah I like that I think it's so hard when you do something the same way for so long too like you're practicing and then you do the demo and then it's like someone comes in they're like we need to change it it's like no I this is the way I've done it yeah sticking to it like oh my gosh yeah I I can be a stubborn creative person for sure um and I think I've finally reached a point in my life where I'm letting that go a little bit um but yeah I mean change is good Yeah, it's hard. Also, I realized I said, oh, yeah, as in I was like, oh, yeah, Anna's a stubborn, creative person. I meant it for me. I was like, to clarify, I'm saying, oh, yeah, because we are also stubborn, creative relate. people. So <laughs> we're just like, we relate to that. Um, and speaking of, so I know that you you work with Luke Laird, yeah. right? And I was curious what qualities you look for when you're looking for a producer or was it like, it's Luke Laird. Of course I'm going to work with him. Kind of I thing. mean, definitely a little bit of that for sure. But um, yeah. <laughs> I think what like really like attracted me to Luke was like the first time that we wrote together. Um, I was so nervous because it's Luke and like, I'm such a fan of the songs mm-hmm. he's written and the songs he's produced and the people that he works with and, um, 
I went into the studio and I was so, so, so nervous. And I was just like, I have all these song ideas. Like, how, how can I like prove to you that I'm like worthy of being in the room with you right now? And he was mm-hmm. so kind and so humble. And like, not only that, but this really stuck out to me. It's like, he took the time before the right to like create this little like track idea that he was like, this really reminded me of the songs that you've released. Like, I think we could write something to this and it would be really cool. And it was just amazing to me because I think a lot of the times I go into a room and feel like, like what I said, like, how can I prove to you that I'm worth your time? And um, there's so much of like a pitch of like, well, here's what I'm doing and here's my sound. And for someone to just say, I've already listened. I'm a fan. And I think we could do something really cool with this was really like inspiring to me. And and the track was awesome. It was this um, loop for a song that I've released called girl in a bar. And yeah, mm-hmm. it just was like such a welcoming environment. And so I like reached out to him after the fact and was like, can we get coffee or breakfast sometime? I would love to pick your brain. Like I do um, tracks and stuff myself. I dabble in it. Uh, so I just wanted oh, to like wow. ask him more about it. And then, I felt like we really connected over this coffee about music. And so I texted him like right after and was like, would you want to produce some songs for me? And he said, yes. And a pandemic happened, but in between somewhere after that, I, we Mm -hmm. got to make some music together. So really cool. Oh my gosh. That's great. Ah, that is so awesome to like feel seen in that way. Especially when you walk in and you're like nervous and not sure, you know, you know some those internal thoughts of do I belong here am I good enough and then to have someone like just validate you like that is so awesome totally Mm -hmm. yeah it's really Mm -hmm. and like especially him I'm like if like he has no reason you know to do that like the dude got Mm -hmm. so many number ones and like just an incredible Mm -hmm. accolade so I'm like you didn't have to pay attention to me at all but like yeah you made me feel really seen so that meant a lot Mm -hmm. that's awesome Yeah. yeah It's crazy. It's so nice when you meet your heroes and they're good people, yeah. you know, so like because it, it doesn't always happen. So that's awesome. No. And I always feel like it's like the people that are on top, like the top top that are always very kind and humble. Yeah. But then yeah. it's the people that are like mid-level that just think they're hot shit. And you're like, you're such a dick. Yeah. You're a dick. That <laughs> is so like, real. That like, and and that's been like so interesting to me to learn because I'm like going into college and moving to Nashville. Like I would not consider myself like a very bold or like confident person. And I would watch these people at like the mid level or like even at like the starting baby level like myself be so confident and like sometimes like borderline rude and I was like gosh like is that what you have to be in order to be successful and then as I started to meet the people that were truly successful that weren't that at all I was like oh yeah you just have to be a good person and work really hard and like trust that things are going to work out so yeah I, I I'm very thankful for that in Luke and in a lot of my songwriting heroes that I've gotten to sit in the room with Mm-hmm. yeah ah oh, that's awesome um so speaking of like nashville and the scene what um what are your favorite and least favorite things about being a songwriter in nashville mm. favorite things i think the general like community of songwriters like is so it's so unique to nashville and it's so cool to me 
And I don't think I realized that until I started touring and like seeing other cities that like there really is this deep community of songwriters that just love the song and love like a really good song. Like hit songs are awesome, mm -hmm. but they're like, I still want to write the song that means something at the end of the day. Um, so that's really cool to me. I love how small Nashville feels and that you, I mean, sometimes it's terrible because you see your, your ex at the grocery store or whatever, but like for the most part, it's like you just run into people, you know, out so often. Um, and then I guess my least favorite things. I, if I could take Nashville and plop it into San Diego, I would probably do that. Like for me, it's just like, I, I, I guess like that you kind of have to be present to like be successful in Nashville, at least at the level that I'm at where like, I would love to live in San Diego and be closer to my family, but I don't feel like the job that I have and the community that it exists in, um, like is very like open to the like travel back and forth when you're still kind of trying to, trying to make it. Um, I think like once people mm -hmm. have like a number one or a few number ones under the, their belt, like, it seems very, a lot more feasible. Um, but yeah, I wish it was closer to San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is valid. And how long have you lived in Nashville for? I've been here, um, it'll be nine years in September. So, wow. Yeah. 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 Chris. It's a, it's a long time to be away from family. Yeah. Like, especially that's a long it's way it's a long way <laughs> it is a long way and i i have this thing where anytime i go home i'm like it's just for four days and then i just keep changing my flight and i'm like it's just 27 days like it's really bad <laughs> um but yeah it's hard, yeah you know? like i i have a younger brother who's in la and um older sister who has babies and like they're growing up and so mm -hmm. to only catch those like glimpses of life like that is is challenging for me and it's something I really struggle with and I write a lot about honestly um but mm -hmm. you know I, I got my 10-year plan <laughs> yeah yeah God, at least one of us <laughs> does you know I'm like, I'm the only thing on the 10-year plan so other than that I'm like my cat is still alive because otherwise like I'm screwed um but yeah, yeah. Uh, mood no yeah <laughs> yep um so during COVID, you talked a little bit about how that impacted, you know, your recording. I mean, it impacted everything yeah. for everybody, I feel yeah. like. But you went on tour and did the Girl in a Backyard tour. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you came to plan that and get that all set yeah. up? So COVID shut venues down um, and I had been building a following on Instagram and TikTok and Spotify. And um, I felt like at the beginning beginning of 2020 like oh this is my year which I think we kind of all did funny enough but like yes you know, it was yeah. literally like January 5th I had gotten this call like hey do you want to go out on the road with Willie Nelson like by the way like Luke Laird is like down to produce your stuff like it was just like holy crap like things are really like I see the runway finally um mm -hmm. and then COVID happens like it did to all of us and I just like created and made music and then got to a point where I was like I want to share this music with people in some way and I really miss live music and so I posted it on my socials and I was like can I come play a show in your backyard like I know we've never officially met before but I swear yeah. like I'm not a murderer and I think it would be pretty fun um 
And people said yes. And like, I got like hundreds and hundreds of submissions of people across the country that were like, we miss live music so much. Like we would love if you came and played the show. So, um, I got my like Excel spreadsheet skills on and I just routed like 60 shows. And we went from like Napa Valley to like New York city to Atlanta, Georgia, and just literally showed up in people's backyards in my Toyota RAV4 and played shows and made friends and just hung out. It was really, really special to me. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was kind of a dream in a way. And like, it's been really cool now to see that transition as I start to play clubs and I open up for people in bigger venues, like those people that invited me to their backyard show up with their friends to the club show and they show up for the show where I play for 20 minutes, like before an opener. And it just, it's so cool to me because it, I I feel like I have genuine friends um, because of music and that's such a gift. Wow. That's so cool. So you drove, so you drove like cross country, like back and forth and up and down. So we did like every, we drove as far as, um, I'm trying to think, I guess like Dallas was the furthest West. And then we would say California, like rented, like like, Memorial day weekend. And we had, we had two big suitcases, merch, gear, guitars, and I had booked this rental car and we land in San Jose, California. And um, the rental car place was like, so we only have one car left. And it was this tiny like Kia Note or something like that. Like the smallest car I've ever seen. So we piled everything in there and we just drove like down the coast of California. Like, okay, this is this is touring, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You made the best of a bad situation. Mm -hmm, Really, really. I loved Mm -hmm. it. And to get to like see different parts of the country too was was really cool. Like, yeah. 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 I love this question. And it is, if you could share a bill with any three artists, dead or alive, who would you choose? Wow. Okay. I probably, Harry Styles, Taylor Swift, Casey Musgraves. Mm -hmm. Mm. Wow, love that. <laughs> what a mm-hmm. lineup. Yeah. Like Who would mm-hmm. headline? <laughs> wow. Obviously, yep. would Taylor headline? Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then Yeah. Yeah, and then Casey and then And then Casey. I'll, I'll play mm-hmm. in the parking lot like, you know. Yeah. Or, I just want I just want tickets. <laughs> You're just busking how, out like, front. <laughs> yeah. I love how you were like, okay, yeah, I got it. Okay. <laughs> You're like done. I got it often, honestly. I think Harry Styles is like my absolute dream opening slot on a tour. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that one's just always. Mood. Yeah, Swift. <laughs> I love that yeah. man. He is. Uh, so we've come to the final question of the podcast. Right. Um, after you know going on tangents <laughs> about you know Rustin Kelly and Taylor Swift. Um, uh. But our final question is: Why do you write songs? Oh um therapy um (laughs) I think I write songs because I love words and I love feelings and like I'm very Mm. obsessed with the really complicated feelings 
um, that are really hard to talk about. I'm really bad at talking about my feelings, but like I can write about them in a song and feel like I have helped not only myself, but hopefully like my dream with my music is that someone who felt completely alone in a feeling feels a little less alone because they listened to one of my songs. So that's why I do it. Mm -hmm. So the song that you're sharing today at the end of the episode is a tears for fierce cover. Um, how did you approach making it your own and, um, what made you choose that song? So I love that song. It's like one of my favorites. Anytime I listen to the original version, I just feel like I'm in a movie and I like to stare out the window Mm -hmm. and pretend. Um, so I was like playing it on an Instagram live one time and to get like music nerdy for a second like the original version is in like a 12 8 time signature so it's got that like and um truthfully i cannot play guitar like that so i was just playing it like more of like a sad country girl version and my boyfriend happened to be watching and he was like dude that was like really cool like that was like i've never heard that song like that before um so we had a show that weekend and threw it into the set and the dads who like to grill were all about it. And the girls who like to pretend they're in movies were also all about it. Um, and yeah, just like kept playing it and it became a song that is just one of my favorites to play live. So I was like, well, why not like put it out? Like I, I, my goal for myself in 2023 has been to not be as precious about music because like, if one person likes mm-hmm. it, then there's probably like, then it's resonated with someone. Um, so yeah, I just mm-hmm. wanted to put it out because I loved it. And was like, hopefully someone else likes it too. And I feel like it's, it's um, been received well. So yeah. This is Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Originally by Tears for Fears, covered by Anna Voss. Welcome to your life There's no turning back Even while you sleep We will fight you Acting on your best behavior Turn your back on Mother Nature Everybody wants to rule the world It's my own design It's my own remorse Help me to decide Help me make the most of freedom And of pleasure Nothing ever lasts forever Everybody wants to rule the world There's a room where the light won't find Holding hands while the walls come tumbling down When they do, I'll be right beside you So glad we almost made it So sad they had to fade it Everybody wants 
hearts do Ooh. Everybody, everybody, everybody Everybody wants, everybody wants to rule I can't stand this indecision Vision. Everybody wants to say that you'll never, 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 never need it. One headline, why believe it? Everybody wants to rule. Everybody wants to rule. Everybody wants to rule. The world, the world.